We had an amazing, amazing encounter. Um, last night was super. How many of you here were last night? It was super intense. You know, here, here, here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. There were people here that last night they said, go. And then there were people that went, whoa. Right? And that's the kind of thing that you have happen when the Lord is moving. And, and God is, it's kind of interesting because a lot of times we build a theology around our own comfort, right? But can, can, can you feel me? A lot of times we want to kind of make Jesus this really palatable, nice person and all that. But Jesus did stuff that actually kind of was awkward for people. He said, he said awkward stuff that's in the Bible. Nothing that has happened, uh, we, we don't see in the Bible, amen? But if you think about this, I was thinking about the guys, the disciples that were, that were gathered in the upper room, and Jesus has, has been raised from the dead, and He actually transport right through the door. That, like, if somebody did that right now, just like, through the door, through the wall, would that be pretty awkward? Or how about if you were around Him, when he actually casts demons out of people. I don't know about you, that still freaks me out a little bit. Somebody that's super comfortable with that actually bothers me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like into like demon hunters or anything like that. But these are kind of things, these signs and miracles and what we're okay with the healings, but yet these are things that follow along. And so what I want to just I want to just kind of put in your in your heart is that is that let these things kind of stretch you let the kingdom of God grow a little bigger in you even if you don't really kind of know what's going on I I, I came from a I came from a real um, you know what would be called a cessationist church and and that basically means that they believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit and these things had ceased and then what I found was that I, I I look in the scripture and I'd see wow it doesn't look like they've ceased but I'm not sure and I remember the first time like in, in a church that basically I saw somebody raise their hands in, in, in worship, and I'm like, oh, get a hold of yourself, man. You really? And then I remember the first time that I heard somebody pray in a spiritual language or something like that, and it was like, whoa, somebody, I'm waiting for the, the, the crew to take him out, you know? And then I realized, man, this actually is Bible stuff. It's supernatural stuff, and it, it shouldn't be just because we're in, let it stretch you. Let it grow inside of you. Amen? And so I just wanted to throw that out. I love what was happening. I've talked to so many people today that said, man, my world was rocked last night. I'll never be the same last night. So good. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning as we get into the word. And you know, the, the, the crazy thing is that we really didn't kind of know until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night, I realized, Ooh, I'm going to have to preach. And, and it's kind of interesting because we meet with our preaching team each week. And I'm telling our guys all the time, have something in your back pocket because you never know what's going on. Now, I'll be honest with you. I tried to get a hold of Pastor Stephen, but he wouldn't answer my call. <laughs> just, just messing with you, bro. But I really felt like the Lord, Robbie and I prayed and God dropped something into my spirit. Uh, and so I'm going to preach out of Job a little bit this morning. How many of you just love Job? I love preaching out of Job, amen? But last week, we opened our series, our 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, and the message was pray first. Somebody say pray first. Pray first. first. Lord Jesus, help me, help them, help us. We pray that you just anoint what's going to happen. I pray for this uh, uh, just divine coordination that even happens uh, between 
uh, Patrick and myself, and you, and most of all you, Lord, uh, uh, this, this morning, that it would be a blessing to your people. Amen? So last week we talked about pray first. And, uh, you know, I talked about no relationship prospers without communication. Isn't it funny how people talk to their cats and they talk to their dogs? Come on. I've got a dog. Uh, Patrick got introduced to Molly. She's a little red setter. And she is mouthy. Amen. She comes in and she starts woo-wooing. And, and then, you know, the, the crazy thing, a lot of times you try to talk their language, you know, so you're, you're talking back at her. But I was, I, I was thinking about this, is that people, people talk to plants. Have you ever realized? I didn't realize it was such a thing that actually they believe that plants will grow if you talk to them. Really. And actually there's a couple studies. One of the study comes out of Israel. It's one, it boggles my mind that people pay for studies like this. But what they found was that with plants, if a plant um, hears the sound of a bee, it will actually produce more sugar, more nectar, like as an attractant. Isn't that crazy how God's made stuff? And, and conversely, if a, if a plant, certain plants hear the sound of like a caterpillar munching, they will actually produce more chemicals that are deterrents. Doesn't that just blow your mind? That's like, I will never look at a plant the same again. Seriously. So God talks to us. I'm just, I'm saying this. I don't, I've never seen my wife around her plants. I don't know if she talks to them when I'm not there. But I think our, our plants would probably die of boredom, you know, if they're waiting for a conversation, right? But God talks to us through creation, by His Word, by His Spirit, and through people prophetically. Jesus Christ in you is the hope of glory. And, and, and Jesus will stand up in people and speak to other people. And we love that. And that, and that New Testament prophecy, it's edifying, building up, exhortation. And, and, and sometimes, like I said before, God moves and it might make you feel uncomfortable but let the Lord stretch you. Let the kingdom grow with inside you. Let there be something that just moves. And there are times that we talk with God. And uh, I want to talk about some further things that we can pray and some things that we can build. Because I believe that our words build. How many of you, you know your words build? Or your words tear down. Amen? So I want to just talk for a few minutes uh, about what the Bible calls hedges. Hedges, Okay. If you think about reaching heaven, having access to resources that touch earth. Man, I love that song. I love that, Pastor Joel, that exhortation this morning. That was an amazing exhortation this morning. Thank you for that. Don't, weren't you blessed by that? And I was like, ooh, that's kind of proud too. It's like, that's my boy right there. But if you think about uh, reaching heaven, having access to resources that touch earth, it makes me think about what? I can ask God and dialogue with God and partner with God in the resources that can be built in that relationship. First of all, we have to recognize that we have an enemy. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then we get to Job, and I want to tie this in. Job 1 6 through 10 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came from among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And so Satan answered the Lord and said, From going 
to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. Talk about tying it in with Peter. We see that we have an enemy. We see that he walks to and fro, seeking, kill, destroy. He has a strategy and it's never changed. Okay, so when we, when we follow along with this, and it said, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? And when I read that, I'm like, man, I hope God never likes it. Have you considered my servant Jeff? I'm like, Lord, please have mercy on me, right? I mean, how would you like to have, consider my servant Jason? So, so here, and, and so Satan answered the Lord and said, now listen, this is where I want you to hear with your good ear. Does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10, here's the point. You, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. So notice that Satan actually gives up the key that God has a protective hedge about Job. And there's three things in Scripture that tells us is protected in Job's life. Job himself, Job's family, and Job's possessions. So Job, uh, Satan tells God that he can't touch Job because of the protection of God around him. So the Bible speaks this of putting on the whole armor of God in Ephesians and makes it really apparent that there are things that we can do as we re- recognize and realize we're in spiritual warfare. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on a full armor of God. So in praying protective hedges and partnering with God and actually moving heaven to earth in this earth, uh, or walls around our lives, I want you to consider the following. First of all, I believe you need to build a mental prayer hedge. A mental prayer hedge. In 2 Corinthians 4-5, through 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Somebody say strongholds. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Can I just say this? Most of the battles that we have today are right here in our mind. It's like, it's like, it's mind stuff, mind wars, mind games, head games. Paul wrote to Timothy and wrote, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So when we consider this, a stronghold in the Greek, kind of simple definition would be a household of thoughts. Think about a household. Think about building something. Uh, Think about the construction phase that you have a house. See, there's one thought here and there's one thought there and they begin to be nailed together can be a system of thoughts and responses. So if we look in the garden, Satan planted a thought in Eve, and it began to be, it became part of the foundation of what eroded and, and, and sin entered the earth. So when he said, really, did God really say? It begins to erode trust. It begins to actually question, do you, how many of you have ever like, questioned whether you really hear from God? Did I really hear from God? Did I, did I, did, did I, did I hear from God? I tell you what, the enemy wants to bring Doubt. Did, did, did God really tell me to, to, to start this ministry? 
Did God really tell me to move to this place? Did God really tell me to... Listen, there's a systematic way that the enemy begins to put some things together. And the enemy is very good at construction of strongholds or systems of thought. Uh, There can be like that framework that starts division. Or inferiority or insecurity. Do I really have what it takes? You know, uh, you know, I can imagine somebody like, you know, Pastor John, who's just embarking, you know, to go and, and take a church on Alaska. Just the enemy coming in is like, you really think you have what it takes? That's how the enemy works. The enemy is actually going to bring insecurity, bring doubt, and, and, and try to fashion these things together. Or how about like religious tradition? Sometimes there will be a religious tradition. There will be something that we walk in that's, that's really not God. It's not fruitful. But yet it's a tradition, so we, so we stay with it. Or how about unbelief? Or how about even uh, the systematic, what I would call systematic poverty? You know, there's a, there's a poverty mindset. You know, we're not, the, you know, we're not the, the prosperity gospel, but listen, we're not the poverty gospel. There's a balance in there where I believe that God wants His children to be blessed, but there will be a poverty mindset that's, that's basically released. Or, or how, about, how about the lack of forgiveness? How about the bitterness? How about the, you know, even, even when you realize, okay, the Bible says that a root of bitterness defiles many, and yet, you know, so something, something basically is planted there. There's an offense and that offense takes root. And even sometimes when you say intellectually, you realize, okay, I know I need to forgive, but then, then, then this household of thoughts comes together or systems of thought. Or how about anxiety? How about fear? You know, here's the thing. We, there, there, if you think about building, about, I don't know, uh, you know, in the last year, two or three, building materials have been an all-time high. I mean, you look at what, you know, uh, a sheet of OSB was and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But can I tell you what? That the enemy has building blocks of anxiety that you don't have to pay anything for. He's given them away free. I mean, it's basically being doled out like candy. Every time you turn around, there's a bad report. There's a negative metric. There's a, oh, be careful here. And, and, and we live in this place where he builds a stronghold of thoughts that basically have us living in fear. We're not created to live in fear. We don't do fear well. We don't, it doesn't look good on you. It doesn't look good on me. Anxiety doesn't do well on you. It doesn't do well on me. Jesus said, be anxious for nothing. I mean, he said nothing. You know what nothing means? Nothing. But yeah, we try to justify some things. We try to say, yeah, but, but Jesus, aren't you aware of this situation? No, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of Christ which surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus. Whoa. That's just, that's where we need to live. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, because the world wants to basically put that on your plate. It's serving up a dish of fear and anxiety on a consistent basis. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Take some responsibility to guard your thought life. Pray for that mental health hedge of protection. God desires us to be whole. Pray for that. Build an emotional prayer uh, hedge. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua 
was preparing to do something that he'd never done before. He was actually, can you imagine Joshua at the point of handoff? Moses starts talking to him. Here's the greatest preacher, prophet, pastor, pastoring the biggest church ever on earth. And basically, Joshua is going to basically take the lead. And think about what he was going through and why this admonition, because the Scripture gives us two keys to two things the enemy will come at. The fear, the discouragement. Discouragement. Sometimes we kind of try to justify discouragement. Uh, Yeah, okay. You know, unmet expectations always lead to disappointment. So, but if we're not careful, discouragement is the opposite of take courage. We're not to walk in discouragement. It doesn't mean that there's not challenges. It doesn't mean there's not things you have to press through. But the Bible gives us, the verse gives us the antidote, and that's be strong and of good courage. And too many times the enemy is us making decisions and influencing us, influencing us through our emotions. See, we are emotional people. Our emotional filter. You can't make decisions through the... Because your emotions aren't consistent. Right? The filter of your emotions are not consistent. You're up, you're down. I mean, things change. You have to be consistent with what does the Word of God say? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me? What is the... In the multitude of counsel speaking to me? Man, I'm telling you what. I've seen people, our pastoral pastor... Patrick, that will come and they've made this life-changing, earth-moving decision without any kind of like input or process. And you can see it's, it's through some emotional things. And emotions are okay. I, I, I'm not saying emotions aren't okay. I, I love passion and I love some of the things that come with emotion. I think we need to walk with passion, but they, if they don't line up with God's will and purpose... And too many times, too much in our society happens today because people just feel like it. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. We have to be people that are governed by God's Word and the Holy Spirit. And we need to pray that God helps our emotions to line up with His character. Amen? Or how about building up a physical hedge of protection? A physical hedge of protection. Listen, Psalm 91 has been called the soldier's psalm. And the story goes that in World War I, the U.S. Army's 91st Brigade prayed and recited the 91st Psalm every day. They fought in three of the bloodiest battles in which other companies suffered up to 90% of loss and they had not one combat-related death or injury. That's amazing. Psalm 103, 2-3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. And so, look at the benefits. There are benefits. Forget not the benefits. James 5, 16-17 says, Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you might be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And we have to apply the key. We have to apply the key. God has given us the keys. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. And so many times we've got the keys, but we don't put them in the door and allow it to be opened. This is, this is an amazing key. See, we can break the hedge of protection physically. God, I'm praying 
I'm praying healing. I'm praying, you know, you know, all your benefits. Heal all my diseases. Hedge of protection physically over me. And then we break it because we're not practically walking in steward. You got to steward this garden. You got to steward this temple. God, I want you to heal me. But man, I'm going to the McDonald's every day. You know what I'm saying? You have to steward this, this, this temple that you've been given. You have to take care of it. And, and, and we, do, we, we, break that, we break that protection by not eating right, not exercising. Or how about building a spiritual prayer hedge? Build a spiritual prayer hedge. Listen, once again, we're building thoughts. We're building, you know, you know once again, here's what people do. The enemy comes in and he brings a thought and there's a foundation. And then he builds walls with another thought, a second thought that confirms the other thought. And then basically there's a roof on it. There's walls, there's a floor, there's a roof. And then some of us even furnish it. He will furnish it. He will bring the furniture in to the stronghold. And these are ways that we can actually walk in freedom as we kind of move forward. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says this. Now the Spirit expressly says, somebody say expressly, that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. It's time to stop being blindsided by strange stuff that goes on. It's, we need to stop it. We need to pray for the, the spiritual protection around our families, around our church, around our communities. And we have to pray a moral hedge. There's a moral hedge of protection. 1 Thessalonians 4.7 says this, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. And then we find in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it's written, be holy for I am holy. Maybe one of the biggest battles we fight today. Okay? One of the biggest battles we fight. Men are lured into pornography. Our children are enticed into, into sexual relationships. Trying to redefine gender trying to say this is okay, that's okay. We're being inundated with it. And yet there's a place that we walk in, in, in holiness. Books and magazines and movies are all avenues that assault the values that God wants to instill you know, in, in our families, in, in our children, so our families will be strong, our marriages will be strengthened. Amen? How many of you say, I need to build? I need to pray. I need to build some hedges. Right? I mean, how many of you grew up where, you know, uh, that, that old saint in your church is like, well, we just need to pray for a hedge of protection, right? I mean, so we've heard it. It's kind of one of those things. But actually, I think there is an activation that can happen with it. Amen? That actually strengthens us, heals us. Uh, I, I feel like this morning, I feel like this morning, people, there are going to be people that are freed from strongholds. I, 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 I believe there's going to be healing this morning. I believe there's going to be people that, you know, you're, you're walking maybe in, in addictions, you're walking in anxiety and fear, and, and God wants to actually just bring a, a, a glorious and beautiful freedom to you. It's amazing to see how beautiful it is when people walk in freedom. I mean, it's one of the things that turns my crank the most. When I just see God just touch somebody, and then boom, they're just well, you can just see something different in them. You see how they carry themselves different, differently. And then finally, this morning, uh, we can build a financial pledge, a, a hedge of protection, a financial hedge of protection. How many of you had walked through that where it's like money bag filled with holes? 
you got more month at the end than the money. Amen? But the enemy, listen, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to bless others. But we also have to understand our responsibility. And if we, 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 we can break the hedge of protection over our finances by our own actions. Amen? I mean, we can do that. You know, there, uh, where's, where's, where's Austin at? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> if you were at the conference on Friday night, you, you just got that. If you didn't, sorry. Financial re- irresponsibility, not giving, you know, not, not tithing, not, not, not sowing into kingdom things. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know, this is, this is, this is amazing because there's one place in the Bible, many places where, you know, testing the Lord would get you killed, Right? Uh, but the one place in the Bible says, test me on this. It's almost like, it's almost like God says, hey, listen, if you'll, if you'll test me with your, test me with your finances, I want to show up and I want to show off. Because he realizes that's really the measure of a heart. Jesus said this. He said, he said, where the, where, where your treasure is, there your heart is. A lot of times we get it wrong. We say where your heart is, there your treasure is. But that's not, that's not the scripture. See, where, you're, where, you, where you sow your treasure, how many of you have never put a dollar in the stock market? Okay. I guarantee you, you put $500 in the stock market tomorrow, you would start following the stock market because there's your treasure. Now your heart has, is going to follow, right? And I love this because it says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this. It's almost like God says, come on, come on, come on, make my day do this and see and it goes on it says if I will not pour out for you the windows of heaven if I not pour out for you such a blessing there will not be enough room to receive it and yet the enemy wants to come in and actually the fear of lack is what keeps us from walking in the land of plenty I believe it and we got we got we got to walk in that. He says, "I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your fields." Says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. Says the Lord of hosts. See, actually, giving actually helps build a hedge of protection around us financially. I want to do this this morning with us all, and then I want to just kind of see if Patrick's got something. Uh, something to just kind of kind of float together. But I want us to read together Psalm 91. Now, now one of the things that in prayer, because we're talking about prayer a lot, and some people, especially if they're new, they, they really like, well, how do I pray? I mean, seriously, I've talked to, they're, they're, they're afraid of praying. They don't know how to pray. And it's like, well, Jesus kind of gave us a template, but I pray to God like I'm conversing with you. You know, there, there, there's a, there's just a, there's a back and forth. Lord, I love you. I praise you. One, of, one of the things there's a, um, uh, I'm not sure if it's a acrostic is what they would call it, but think about the word joy. So when you're praying, just think about joy, and think about Jesus, and start out by thanking Jesus. Lord, thank you for salvation. 
God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what I'm seeing. Thank you for creation. Thank you for, I mean, begin to just pray. And then, oh, pray for others. So pray, start with Jesus and then pray for others. Lift up people around you. Lift up the, you know, the people that are, that are brokenhearted. Lift up people that have needs. I mean, begin to pray for others. And then lastly, pray for yourself because it's okay to pray for yourself. And you know what my prayer usually is for me consistently is, Lord, give me wisdom and change me. Just change me. Nobody's arrived. Nobody's like at this place where they're pure as a driven snow. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're all just, we're all in this journey together. This is our journey together. And we encourage one another. We pray for one another. Community surrounds one another. And this is, this is, the other way that you can pray is you can pray the word. You can pray scripture. You can pray the word. I want us to do this. We're going to put Psalm 91, the soldier psalm, up on the screen. And we're going to pray this together this morning. Let's do it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you will find refuge, and His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Now stop, 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 stop. Here's what we're doing. We're actually praying the Word of God. We're, we're, we're praying the Word of God. We're actually, we're actually praying something and, and, and let it get deep into your spirit. Let it penetrate uh, how, you, how you actually uh, filter and think and move. I, I mean, as we go through this, verse 2 says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I mean, think about how personal that is. That's like, oh man, like not not just not your, but but mine. It, it, it's this is personal. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence, cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. Man, how many of you would love to find refuge? Well, you know, here it is. This is how you do it. And under his wings you'll find refuge in his faithfulness as a shield and a buckler. Listen, you will not fear the terror of the night or of the report from CNN or from Fox News. Come on. We're getting inundated with just stuff. Now, I know Pastor Joel's going to be preaching here pretty quick about the spies, so I'm not going to tread on his ground. But it's going to be good already. But think about this. Verse 7. A thousand. Let's read it. May fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent, for He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder and the young lion and the serpent. You will tremble, trample underfoot because he holds fast to me in love and I will deliver him I will protect him because he knows my name 
And when he calls to me, I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Man, come on, somebody. That is so good. There are people here this morning that you need to hear that. You needed to hear that. You needed to pray that. You need to understand that there actually is a, there's a strategy of the enemy, but there's a strategy of God. And the strategy that God has overcomes. He is victorious. Man, this is your God. This is our God. I thank you so much, Lord. Come on, can I just go to prayer with you for a moment and then Patrick's going to come up unless he doesn't want to. There are people here. I just, I speak against some strongholds. I speak against some fear. Right now, just, just stuff be broken in Jesus' name. Our weapons are mighty in God. There are people here that you're struggling with anxiety and fear. That's probably a no-duh in our culture. I'll just be honest with you. I don't think you even need to be prophetic to sense that. But right now, I just want to, I want to break that off of you. I just, I just want, I want that stronghold to be broken off of you. There's people here that there's habits and addictions and things that have just seemed to kind of cling to you. There's someone here this morning I'm just sensing, maybe a couple people either, that, man, shame has buried you. It's like you have actually put yourself on the bench. Because in, in, your, in your thinking, what the enemy's done, he said, man, if they knew what I've done. Can I say that in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things become new. There's some people here that you, 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 need, you need healing. There's been a, just even a spirit of infirmity on you. Stuff happening in your body. And it's just like, man, it's one thing after one thing after one thing. Yeah, there might be something where you need to steward your garden a little better. But there's something that I believe, I just sense that God wants to do some divine things. Every time we come together, I believe that God wants to set people free, bring wholeness, bring hope. Somebody here, you need some hope. You need some hope. Somebody here, you need a home. Somebody here, you need a house. Somebody here, you need a... I mean, it's like, okay, Lord, I just pray right now that you open up provision, open up the door, open up that, that house, open up that rental, open up that... Lord, there's somebody here, you need, a, you need, a, you need a different job. Something is like, you're, you're in this place, but there's like a promotion coming. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing. And as, as we're in prayer... I want to speak to somebody here this morning. Man, this is your day. This is your day. This is your day to walk in a new way. This is the, this is the moment where you just said, man, I, I, I'm feeling encouraged in the Lord, and I'm going to walk in a faith that I haven't walked in before. There's going to be consistency this time. It's not going to be up and down and up and down. There's going to be consistency. And people are going to see the consistency. They're going to draw down from you. But you, you are here and it's like, I need, to, I need to not be you know, up here, down here, up here. But there's a consistency. And finally, I want to speak to somebody this year. This year, but uh, today. I want to speak to somebody today. This is your day. You've never taken that step to say, I believe. I'm a follower. 
I'm a follower. I'm telling you what, Jesus provided a hedge of salvation for you. You you couldn't pray, you couldn't build that hedge. He already did it with his life. And if that's you, nobody looking around, just 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 be with me just for a moment. If you're here this morning and you say, Today's my day. I feel the Holy Spirit, man. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you what, that's that's the invitation of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man would hear me and open the door, I will come in. The door of your heart, the handle's on the inside, only you can open it. But he's knocking, and you can hear him knocking, you can feel him knocking. He's probably been knocking for a while, and it's like today's the day where you take that step and say, I become a believer, I become a follower of Jesus. Nobody's looking around but me. Please. Now, if that's you, I want to I want to agree with you. If you're saying, Pastor, today, I want to give my life to this Jesus. I want you to raise your hand. Capture my attention. We're just going to, just between you and me right now, we're just like, okay, thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning? Today's that day, like today. Come on. Today, I'm taking I'm taking that step of faith. I'm taking the step of faith today. Anybody else this morning? Come on. This is the day. It's the day to step into something absolutely amazing, the most incredible journey that you've ever... Listen, and can I say this? It might be that there's some... I feel like there's somebody here saying, well, I just don't understand it. You know, when I married my wife 41 years ago, I knew I loved her, but I didn't fully know her. I still don't know her. It was a journey. But when I stepped into that commitment, stepped into that covenant, that invitation, I spent a lifetime learning about her. That's the way it is with Jesus. You just kind of, okay, I don't, I don't have it all figured out, and I don't have to get it all figured out. I just need to surrender. One more time. Anybody here? Today's your day. I'm going to surrender to Him. Thank you, Lord. Can we just put our hands together and just give the Lord a praise this morning? Amen. Amen. God is good. Patrick, you got anything, bro, for us? Okay, come on, bro. Can we give Patrick a hand this morning? You good? Okay. Good morning. Yes. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. That was a wonderful word from God. Amen. You know what it was this weekend was, you know, having gone through COVID twice. And um, it's like, you know, you I walk every day, but it's like I kind of did a 10 mile run. Cold turkey, you know what I'm talking about? Not building up. And I think uh, my body said, what are you doing to yourself? Um, Because for some reason, when I speak, I I kind of get a little excited. I don't know if you could tell, but um, just a couple things. You know, with the pray first, by the way, it reminded me of my great-grandfather. His name was Albert Whitney. Uh, He lived to be 105 years of age, and um, he passed when I was 16 years of age, so I got to know him a little bit. But his whole faith was pray first. You know, he was a... A farmer up in Edmonton, he had about 10,000 acres of wheat outside of Calgary. And he was um, Irish, he's from Ireland. And 
whenever Smith Wigglesworth would come to Western Canada, uh, my grandfather would be his driver to different locations. And he was actually with him for two uh, resurrections. And um, he was one of the gentlemen who held the lady who died who was pregnant. And they put her up against the wall with a sheet. My, it was her husband and my great-grandfather. And Smith commanded life to come into that lady. And not only did that lady come back to life, but that baby. And the doctor already had written the death certificate in the room there. And the baby came back to life. In fact, that baby was born and became a preacher. And... Um, And so, but my great my great grandfather, his whole concept was pray first. You got a headache? Pray first. Before you call the doctor, we believe in the doctors, we love the doctors, but we pray first. We go to Dr. Jesus. And so I just love that. Um, and then Joel, when you were exhorting in worship, that just hit me so hard about the man going in beyond the place where he could ever go before. Um, Joel is like, when I think of you, I think of, you know, everyone needs a friend whom they should not be allowed to sit with at a serious function. That's Joel. <laughs> but you reminded me of um, John chapter 20 also when you were talking about that. It's warm up here, sorry. Um, is it warm down there? Um, in John chapter 20, it was Resurrection Day. Can somebody say Resurrection Day? Can somebody say Resurrection Day? It was Resurrection Day, and Peter and John heard that Jesus had resurrected, so they wanted to go down and see for themselves. Is anyone like that you need to see for yourself? And so they went to the tomb, and I love it because it kind of reminded me what you were talking about, where the Scripture says that Peter and John, they started out together, and they were running. But John was a little younger. I, I, my, my sanctified imagination thinks that Peter was a little heavy set. <laughs> he was a little older. And so the scripture says that they started running towards the tomb. But the one, the one that, you know, the disciple that Jesus loved, John, the young man, outran. You read the verse in chapter 20. Outran Peter to the tomb. He gets to the tomb, and then, but here's what happens. He stops at the door. And then Peter comes back, <sighs> about a half hour later. <laughs> and he goes past John. John was peeking. Come on, somebody. It's, it's, it's not how fast you go. It's how far you go. And I believe we're in an hour where it's not just, we're not just trying to get to the door. But like you said, we're going in. And we're going to behold huh, the, the remnants of the resurrected Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Let me share two things with you. And then we'll see what happens here for a second. Can I have 10 minutes and then we'll go eat lunch? Is that good enough? Okay, I heard one person. Okay. Is 10 minutes okay? Is 10 minutes okay? Okay. That's, a, that's enough for me. That's enough. That's all I can do. Um, 
two things. One, I've been looking at the post-miracle instructions of Jesus. Where after he does a miracle, like for instance in Mark chapter 5, and he casts the demon out of the man, what does he say to him? He says, I want you to go back and I want you to tell all your friends what I've done. And basically, he's giving these instructions. He's like, you know what? I need you to go back. I need you to go back to the relationships that know what you have been going through. And I need you to testify. Because it's, it's a temptation for him. It's like, I'm just going to get on the Jesus bandwagon and let's just go with Jesus, you know? But Jesus is like, no, actually, I need you. Can I talk to somebody here? I've touched your life. I've changed your life. And so I need you to go back to the people who know your story, who know your weaknesses, who know your journey. And I need you to tell them what I've done. The one I'm thinking about here today is this, and just connecting with Pastor Jeff. Jeff was talking about was in Mark, same chapter, Mark chapter 5. There's this woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus was going somewhere else, right? He was going to Jairus' house to go and heal his daughter. But instead, there's this woman who tracks Jesus down and grabs the hem of his garment. And as she's moving towards him, she's thinking within herself, if I can only just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She had this thing repeating inside of her. If I can just get there. If I can just grab on, if I can just get into the atmosphere and get that virtue, my life, 12 years of struggling with my struggle, my issues, my issue of blood. We all have issues. Maybe it's not an issue of blood, but you got an issue. But she grabs on. And then Jesus, he, 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 he writes, I mean, he, he, he says these words to her, which just is amazing. He says to her daughter, so first of all, he's bringing her into family. Can I talk to you? He's bringing her to relationship. He says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. I want you to hear this because I believe God's up to something here. Daughter, I'm bringing you into family. What's the key? Your faith has made you whole. And then he says, go in shalom. Go in what? Go in peace. I want you to, you come in, now you're about to go out in shalom. And when you look at that verse, it's interesting because Jesus basically is saying this, not only am I going to heal your body, but I'm also going to heal your emotions because you're going to be able to go back to those places that were shut off to you because she had an issue of blood. She couldn't go to the market. She couldn't go to the temple. She was considered unclean. And now all of a sudden, Jesus says, not only am I causing a physical miracle to take place, but I'm doing miracles in your soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, in your memories, in your thoughts, in your feelings. I'm doing a work in your soul. And I believe we're in an hour, and you said it, Pastor Jeff, so, so strong. You don't even have to be a prophet to realize that people are just full of anxiety. You just have to turn on the news, like he said. You just watch the news, and there's anxiety everywhere. But Jesus is in the business right now of doing a complete miracle inside of us. He's touching our bodies. And I believe there are miracles for bodies here right now. But also, I believe there are miracles for your soul. 
There are miracles for your emotions. There are miracles for your memory. Some of you have been through so much, and it's like God's just saying, you know what? I want to do a miracle. In fact, before I say this last part, let me just have you raise your hands. I have five minutes. I have five minutes more. have to have a drummed up altar call, do anything. We can just be right here in the presence of Jesus. And what is impossible with man, all of a sudden becomes possible with God. So Lord, I thank you, first of all, for physical miracles. Put my hand on my own head. I thank you, Lord God, that you sent your word and you healed them of all of their diseases. There's no disease that, no sickness that is is over your command. And so today, Lord, I thank you for a release of the miraculous in this room. More miracles. This house is going to be known as a house of miracles. People are going to come here. Can I prophesy to you? People are going to come here just to get a miracle. They, don't even, they might not even know there's a church service or a preacher or a worship team. But they're going to come here. They're going to say, you know what? Just go down there. This place called the house of the Lord. And you get a miracle. God's going to touch you. This is going to be, there's going to be such an acceleration of miracles where you're going to be able to mark the miracles weekly, monthly. Come on, somebody. Where it's like, look what God's done. It's like a book of miracles, a book of remembrance of what God has done. Miracles. And also, Lord, I thank you not only miracles for bodies. Ooh, there's an anointing in this room. Go in peace. I thank you for shalom, for peace settling in bodies right now, in minds, in hearts, emotions. There it is. In Jesus' name. I love it. Jesus is like, I'm not just healing your body. I'm healing the, every part of you. I'm concerned with the whole man, the whole woman. I'm concerned with every single part of you. So release that now. In Jesus' name. Healing flow. 